Yo, welcome back to First Issue Club. This week we're talking about two comic books, Heart Attack out on Image Comics and Deadpool out on Marvel. With me as always are Greg, Caitlin, and the Budget King. I myself am Mike, and I am so ready to talk comics. It's Wednesday, we're vibing, we're hot off the presses. And this is our Thanksgiving episode. Ooh! Yeah, which is uh, apt because it feels like a fucking oven in here. <laughs> the studio is blazing hot. I feel like a turkey. Yeah. I'm picturing you all as turkeys. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so hot in here? I don't know. Maybe we're in hell. We've finally done it. <laughs> I remember once when I was a little kid, my dad was like deep in thought, and he turns to me and he goes, you ever think about... Maybe this is hell. <laughs> but speaking of being a kid, 2099 came back, which got us in the feels oh, yeah. about growing up and comic books and all that good stuff. He-Man enters the multiverse for the first time this week, and uh, Pokemon is still kicking. Sword and, Sword Sh- and Shield. Sword and Shield got released yep. a week ago, so... I've been playing it nonstop. Oh, have you? You got it? Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do for this segment. We're just going to talk about some of those things that are popping back up in our lives that yeah, were totally. present in our childhood. I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the facilitator of that now, Disney Plus. Yep. Ah, yes. Just came out, and all of my favorite cartoon shows as a kid are on there, and I am overdosing on every series. At the gym today, I heard two people uh, talking about how they both have been binge-watching Gargoyles. Gargoyles is on fire right now. Is it, it really? Is, it is trending. <laughs> every, all my friends are talking about gargoyles this, gargoyles that. It makes sense that you would get this like boom of nostalgia from people who just haven't had access to these things that they remember really strongly. I'm always like, these things are way worse than I remember them. <laughs> really? I got a little bit of access to Uncanny X-Men, the cartoon, and the first episode was just not good. Morph's in it. You guys remember Morph? Yeah, he was based on another character. It was Changeling. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And then they changed him to Morph for this and made him like a cool guy in a leather jacket. And, and then, then he, he died. Yeah, and then he like never comes back. <laughs> He's not in even any of the comic books. Yeah, it's weird. Like he, he didn't translate. Harley Quinn started in like Batman the Animated Series and then became immensely popular in comic books. Uh, Morph missed the boat yeah. <laughs> on getting popular in comic books. So Batman the Animated Series, that was one of the best cartoons ever made, in my opinion. Yeah. I think people universally kind of agree about that. Like, that is a defining show of my childhood. It's Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs. Oh, Animaniacs, yeah. And then Mm -hmm. basically any Nicktoon, which have you guys seen this news about Nickelodeon and Netflix signing an exclusive deal? Oh, really? Yeah. I cannot wait So they're going to be making new Nickelodeon shows and new Nickelodeon shows based on pre-existing Whoa. Intellectual properties. I mean, they already did Rocco. new Rocco, yeah. that movie. Yeah. Which, did you guys see that? No. It was good. They actually had like a pretty positive trans message. Really? Yeah, like uh, Mr. Bighead's son transitioned into a female. It was all about Mr. Bighead accepting his son, now daughter, in the, in the show. I had no idea. Check it out. It's like 45 minutes. I'll totally watch that. It looked pretty awesome. And it's like a critique on like technology now. Because uh-huh. I guess in, like, in the last episode of Rocco, they were shot into space. Yes. And so they like were living in Rocco's house in space. Well, the rocket comes back <laughs> to Earth, and they're like, there's cell phones now that you can watch TV on and like order stuff from Amazon. Like that, We talked about this a long time ago. A lot of things that get brought into present day make kind of a commentary on technology. 
which most of the time is miserable. Mm, yes, not interesting. So bad. It, it's like See Rugrats, right? Like <laughs> yeah, that's like the example I always think of. Oh yeah. Everyone's always looking at their phones. It no makes, one talks to people. It it makes me think about like <laughs> Okay, boomer. If you're exactly. There mm-hmm. we go. I'm glad that made it finally. <laughs> <laughs> that that meme has like gone so far so quickly that it's like it's like so stale now. Within less than a week. Yeah. And it's funny because it's stale because boomers are now using it. I'm like, God, you even killed the OK Boomer meme. <laughs> Fuck you, boomers. I did see a meme that was like something about the Industrial Revolution, and it's like an oil painting, and they're looking down at somebody that's like uh, knitting, and they go, OK, Loomer. And, <laughs> and I enjoyed that. I saw one with three witches flying, and one was on like uh, uh, one of those robots that clean your place. And it said, okay, Broomer. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I saw one where there's this guy and he's sitting on the, the beach and there's a, a a boat going by. And then he goes, okay, Schooner. <laughs> Whoa. I saw this one. It was like um, this person, he was like kind of like decrepit and just like sitting on his bed, like very withered away and lots of family members uh, around him and stuff. And he goes, okay, Toomer. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I saw one, it was three cats, and they were just, like, sitting there, and one was, like, licking himself, and they go, okay, groomer. Oh. <laughs> I saw this one with uh, Frank Sinatra, and it said, I was okay, groomer. <laughs> I saw this one with uh, uh, two Texas A&M fans and one Oklahoma fan, and they go, okay, okay. sooner. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. Did you see any? Uh, did, I, did I see any? Yep. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was, uh, I'm, um, I saw one that was like based in the ocean, and um, there was like a, a big whale, and then like this guy had a gun and said, "Okay, harpooner." And that's been rhymes. <laughs> that's been Shonda rhymes. Uh, let's okay this boomer started. <laughs> First up on the docket, we have Deadpool number one. Oh man, so, so many Deadpool number ones in our lifetime. And here's another one. Some of them are funny. Some of them are very not funny and try to be funny, which makes them even less funny. I love Leah Williams. She's the new creator on this. Kelly Thompson? Fuck Kelly Thompson. (laughs) I know why he said Leah Williams, though, because Gwenpool makes an appearance. That's probably why. Leave it in. Hey, we gotta keep <laughs> ourselves honest every once in a while. I'm not gonna. You're gonna leave edit, that in. That's I'm good. not gonna edit out yeah. all of the goofs and yuckamaruck. <laughs> I like yuckamaruck. Yeah, yuckamaruck. I just came up with that the on the fly. Uh, and don't is, hey, don't edit that out either. Is yeah. that a t-shirt? Yuckamaruck. Yuckamaruck. First yeah. issue. That, yes. <laughs> is that a boomer thing to say? I don't like a good t-shirt. It's like saying no. that's a good band name. No. No. Okay. Good. I. Okay. Is this the thing that people are doing with band names? Is where you always say what a like a terrible band name would be? No. People just like, like a title of your sex tape type of thing. I, don't, I think boomers are just like whenever you say like some cool sounding words together, they'll be like oh, that's a cool band name. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that from a boomer. You've never heard a boomer say like cool band name? Like if you're like lipstick smear, <laughs> like a cool cool band name. Steel trap door. Oh, cause that's a cool band name. <laughs> 
iron tusks. She has a cool band name. Think about it. Broken clock face. Cool band name. <laughs> Turquoise baloney. That's a cool band name. That actually is a cool <laughs> band name. Turquoise baloney, yeah. See? That's a cool band name. <laughs> Are you ODing on that fucking hand sanitizer over there? <laughs> Must be clean for Papa. <laughs> For ghost papa. I just feel like it's a new character you're papa developing. Geist. You you sound like Bobby Bottle Service a little bit. You just keep saying that's a cool band name, constantly slathering yourself in the Stop. No, it didn't get every. <laughs> it didn't get every morsel. He has to have a hundred percent coverage. You're gonna get inebriated from all that. <laughs> your, yeah, your your alcohol are gonna crack in, in half tomorrow. <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> okay, Deadpool. So this book answers the questions that maybe no one had, such as what if Deadpool became the ruler of all monster kind, which headquartered on Staten Island? And what if a story gave sexual tension between Deadpool and Elsa Bloodstone room to just develop? (laughs) Um, Maybe no one had those questions, but Kelly Thompson still engages you with the answers nonetheless. You guys ever laugh in this book? I chuckled to myself. I had moments where I was like, that's funny. Yeah, I would say internal smirks. <laughs> yes. Inter- yeah. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed. I'm excited as much as I can be for a Deadpool book. I, we Nobody here is a huge Deadpool stan, but nobody's like anti. Are you, is anybody anti-Deadpool? I'm anti-Deadpool cosplay. That's I was going to say, this book was kind of the set apart from when you read a Deadpool book, you don't want to be buying into that kind of fandom, but you do want to like the character. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm following. What's wrong with people in Deadpool costumes? Because they feel. I feel like when they do a Deadpool cosplay, they. I imagine in their brain they're given some kind of Willy Wonka golden ticket to be an annoying dickhead at oh, a con. Oh, I get And just yeah. like run up to you and been like, blah, 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 and it's just like, got any burritos? And it's just like, get the fuck out of my face, you <laughs> idiot! Like, what are you doing? I'm following now. I've it's definitely like every, experienced this. A- anyone that dresses up like Harley Quinn and always like busting in your face is like, hey, pudding. So like, get the. Fu-. I'm trying to look for a goddamn comic book. Yeah. <laughs> Not get your giant sledgehammer. In my so fucking I, face. Okay, where I totally agree <laughs> with you, 100%, I don't think I ever have anybody cosplaying come up to me and say something. Oh, uh, there was one year I had no less than no 100 Harleys, definitely Deadpool, Deadpool dudes, like, like in one dude, group. Like, fuck with you. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> they didn't, like, well, no, heckle me or, like, yeah, follow bullying, me around. It was like, but... fucking get that guy. <laughs> but, they, but they certainly invade your space and the space around them and make a shtick out of yeah. it. Yeah, and it's not from the comic. It's from that fucking movie. It's Ryan Reynolds, like... No, I think it's w- comic book fans. Yeah, because he didn't even do that that much. I think his was more aligned. I, the way it, he it, played it was d- more aligned d- with Deadpool this run. Deadpool at cons was certainly a thing way before the movies. That was like the... Right. I won't harp on it for long, but I feel like the movie elevated it to a level of just like... Now everyone knows who Deadpool is. Yeah, and any schmuck is going to be like, hey, I can be kind of like jokey with everyone because so I'm he- in this fucking costume. Here's the gag is that everyone does a variation of Deadpool last convention I went to, there was a Michael Jackson Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. guy walked around blaring Thriller for the like entire convention. I walked by him like a million times and you notice him just because his boombox is wailing and you can't hear the person next to you. 
when well, that's a good, what would be Michael your, Jackson What would be your Deadpool's. cool Deadpool uh, variant that you would do at a con? <laughs> Hold I wouldn't on. consider we that to, as cool. We need to clarify what cool but, is. Because um, that sounds annoying as shit. Yeah, it was really annoying. It, uh, yeah, it, it's not cool. It's just as like... But there's other people... I'll honor his commitment to the bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you imagine what it was like to listen to Thriller nonstop that mm-hmm. entire day? It must have that been dude terrible. Was, <laughs> that person in that costume was probably loving it. Yeah. It, I think like there are some like good jokes, though, that get cosplayed. Deadpool's just not one of them. Like, the, uh, Breaking Bad season three, when that had just aired, mm-hmm. there was a guy that, with, like, a turtle with a head on his back, and he just, like, walked around like a turtle the whole con. And it was, like, it's in reference to, like, this thing that blows up and a turtle's on the guy's head, and it's like, that's funny. I appreciate jokes where it doesn't in- invade my con experience. Well, yeah, I mean, what you described seems like an um, an homage, like a... Um, yeah an inside thing that really dedicated fans would get that doesn't invade on anyone else's That's a good point. Yeah. thing. Like it's an inviting type of costume where the Deadpools that we have encountered that we're referencing are are not are inviting invading. so much as yeah, invading mm-hmm. and like yeah, just trying to get attention for attention's sake. But you know what else was inviting? This book that we read. <laughs> yeah. This book didn't get, it was like kind of overshadowed by a lot of things. And you would think like a relaunch of a Deadpool, they'd be like, we should talk about this week. A ton of fucking shit came out this week. It was insane. I spent so much money and I was like, why am I spending so much money in October or in November? Yep. Like it just, it's. They normally cool off around the holidays. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I had to put so many books back because I'm just like, I'm over my limit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My, my allowance is done. I can't, I can't get any more. Yeah, yeah it's mom's nuts. gonna be mad. This this whole like <laughs> X Men stuff that's like coming out, and then there was like there was two heart books that were good independent books. <laughs> <laughs> heart attack and heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Whoops, Machine Girl. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. Are you guys hoping that Deadpool being king of the monsters is an ongoing thing, or are you okay if that's like a fleeting? I need character to. See, I need to see all the monsters. I need that to like play out. Like I like that he's royalty now. Yeah. Especially it, with his Knights of the Roundish table. I want to see how that plays out. Yeah. If oh. he ever event- if he eventually commands respect or if they still kind of hate him and he kind of like <laughs> just disrespects his own guard the whole time, like that could be interesting. And like I'm sad that the bird-looking dude gets killed. I know. Yeah. Well, we think. He was I, my feet. I assume he is. He got Me too. His little bird feet. You could see when he gets stabbed. Yeah. That's one thing I really liked about this is that it seemed like it was ushering in a new era and setting up some groundwork for things that we might spend a lot of time with with the character, which is great and shows some investment potentially in it. But it also gave us a strong message that, like, nothing is safe and nothing is sacred, which I feel like is key to a Deadpool book, essentially. Now, I have a question for Michael D. Yeah. So you read um, Spider-Man... The Hunted, right? Yes. The the series that came out the, <laughs> earlier this year. Indeed, I did. So in that series, it, it yep. revolved around Craven. Let's pronounce Craven. Fuck on. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> fuck on. Fuck off. Fuck on. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Craven's in that. Yes. And also his sons. <clears throat> yes. Old man Craven dies. Yep. Right. So is this Craven that we see in this Deadpool? That's, that's definitely looks like a young Craven, doesn't yeah. it? So that's what I'm, like, is this, like, the new Craven, like, taking on the mantle of his father, trying to prove 
that he's good enough to fill his father's boots or lion vest. Could be. But I also think that Kelly Thompson might have just been like, I want to use Craven. Is he on the table still? And they said, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I think that what this book does really well is like Deadpool breaks rules and like, hey, yeah, Staten Island is full of uh, monsters, but technically, legally, they get to stay there. And so, like, the Avengers aren't going to come and get rid of them. I don't know. Well, they might, which is why he told that sea monster <laughs> to back off, because he doesn't want Captain America coming in and making him look like a fool. I Like, I like that that's, like, it's going to be Deadpool, like, kind of, like, managing yeah. the <laughs> monsters. So now he's a sovereign down. of, like, this, down. this, like, statehood that he has. Well, yeah. that's interesting, too, because he's just, like, an agent of chaos that is now put in a place where he has to deal with the bureaucracy and handhold and, and keep rain everything chaos in line. Right, right. yeah. Well, he could... even said he was bored, like, halfway through the list of stuff he had to do, and they went and got ice cream instead. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can already see that he's not cut out for any of this. This is a Deadpool that I could, like, grow with. Or I'm like, Grow yeah. old with? Yes, let's see. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope the Wu-Tang Clan appears. Aren't they from Staten Island? I thought they were from Brooklyn. No. Is it, like, its own separate island? It is. It is. Yeah. So that makes sense of why all the monsters are there. Yes. Because yeah. they just exiled them. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think this does spill out from Doctor Strange where they had that portal open in that series that he had in 2018. Okay. And just banished them all to Stanton Island. It was an interesting book. I really, really enjoyed it. More than I thought I was going to like a Deadpool book. Yep. Ditto. And we've seen a lot of Deadpool books come and go. Yep. In this what? short tenure of this podcast. His his shtick is overplayed. The character gets used way too much, and it was refreshing to read something that I felt like actually had some staying power or a story that was interesting, because so much of the Deadpool landscape is throwaway to me. And we like Kelly Thompson a lot. Yeah. So I kind of actually thought it was going to be good. And she made a big deal about being like, she's the first female in a long time to write for Deadpool, so she didn't Yeah, like, I, I am actually, like, really intrigued of how she treats the character. Like, and it, I think it's going to be really cool. She, I'm so pumped to hear what Heart Attack's about. (laughs) Budget King read a different heart book this week. (laughs) One that was published on Boom Comics. One week, two hearts. What was it called? Heartbeat. I was going to say Heart Boom. This is just getting out of control. I get get now that the comic shop that you go to organizes indie books alphabetically. So extremely confusing. Obviously, they would be next to each other. Obviously, they would look like variants for each other. Yes. In my mind... Organized by publisher! (laughs) I knew there was two independent books coming out. I just couldn't remember the name of the image book. And I just grabbed the coolest looking variant thinking I grabbed the independent book, but... Yeah, our yeah. shop puts all the independents in one. It's such Doesn't a make sense. dumb way publisher to organize comics. And like, then Alpha within Publisher. Yes. I think That's they, the only way. I think they do it because they don't truly understand comic books. <laughs> <laughs> or give a shit about indie, bo- indie books. <laughs> They're just like, oh, these are the comics that like I don't read. That's not Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> these are the it's not like Wolverines. A, it's like a library. You just go by, <laughs> go by the title. Well, the Dewey Decimal System. 
Do we have a summation of Heart Attack for Budget King so we can kind of know what it's about before yeah. our conversation? Yes, of course. All right. Yes, it's going to be quick. Okay. Because um, I want to, I want to have more of a free form instead of me just describing. Totally. Um, and but hopefully you'll get the gist. So Heart Attack is a story about when a scientist creates variants, aka mutants, in the process of curing a major outbreak. And he accidentally births a young and angry and persecuted generation of kids with powers. Okay, so it's kind of like X Men on Image. It's maybe um, we'll see. So there was a there was a cool note, and it was in the author's notes at the mm-hmm. back, which kind of put it back into uh, this is this is something that I want to support, but I did find it to be pretty derivative. I don't think it's telling a new story, which I know is a hot take, but. <laughs> Ooh. It doesn't mean I didn't like myself. it. Derivative of what? X-Men. Derivative okay. of any kind of story where they're trying to did it feel like tell ki- a story about a persecuted like, people. Did it feel like youthful though? Like like it's like high school kids banding together or like It felt futuristic. Yeah. It felt high tech. And it felt like it was focused on a generation who wasn't necessarily really young or coming of age. Like they found out who they are and they have an identity. Yeah. Mid twenties. Yeah. One, but one of them's in foster care or something. But he looks like he's in his twenties. <laughs> so I, I did think they were younger. I, but maybe I misread. It was kind of like a Gossip Girl age of people, if that makes sense. Oh, I so identify with that. <laughs> okay, cool. who is she? Who is she already? <laughs> this Gossip Girl. <laughs> Why is it called Heart Attack? I think like, it maybe has something to do with when they touch hands yes. or when they bond. So the the I two think main. Be a couple main characters that you follow throughout the story, they are able to boost each other's powers, but they don't know it until that makes sense. Like one of them's midway name, through. One of them's name is Heart and the other one's name is Attack. Oh my it's God. Not ah, no, it's not. Okay. Yes. I think on the cover you see them holding hands and you assume that they're just a couple, but that's how they yeah. invigorate each other's powers. They both have really weak they're weak variants. They're persecuted, but they're only dangerous enough to have like their hand glow a little bit. But together, they're like the most powerful variants like anyone's ever seen. People are like blown away by this like mistaken outpouring of power. And sometimes, quite literally, blown away. Mm -hmm. Is that a sexual joke? No, it's like they push. They're able to push people away. Yeah, Ah, she pushed a mind push. Yes. Telekinesis. I, I don't know if this is worth even mentioning because it's not even fully formed. But it does go into identity a little bit for both of them um, separately before they've found out how to boost their powers, and it's kind of like. How I've heard people who are biracial describe like not being able to fully identify with either side because they are kind of made fun of in the variant culture, but still like in danger of being arrested Mm -hmm. if they're out past curfew by the majority. So it's like it is it is kind of trying to make some of those statements. Yep. That maybe I think now that I'm talking about it would differentiate from a, another but kind of mutant story. That's line. actually what I think X Men does, though, is, is like it? make those kind of statements about like minorities and like. I think so too. Yeah. I'm not sure that it goes into like that passing culture, though. Oh, that's a good point. As yeah. much as this it, it, th- did, that, that's a niche that it doesn't do. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, other than that, I do think it draws very similar parallels. It's derivative. It's more identity based rather than like racial or mm-hmm. political maybe and so like just to reiterate these 
mutants or variants are created to avoid some type of disease. There's like a plague or something that's killing off the population. Why wouldn't people celebrate them then? They did initially. They didn't realize that it had caused a mutation in the genes of pregnant mothers who then gave birth to these babies. So there's a whole generation of these people who are Whose DNA is not identifiably human is what the book says. So they didn't know about it. They just thought he cured and saved the world from mass extinction, gave him a Nobel Prize, everything was good. Do any any, any of them have like mundane dumb powers that don't even do anything? Well, like this one kid, before he boosts them, he was like, I can't even light a candle. My hands just kind of get real warm. Okay. It's like a hot plate. Hot plate hands. Hot plate hands. <laughs> Which actually, that's, that's my like, nickname in college. They call that's me hot plate hands. <laughs> a good power. Your your coffee doesn't get cold. Or I would like it. Oh, yeah. that makes yeah. Your bowl of soup stays lukewarm. Is it just that like they would be connected, or is it that any two variants can touch each other? This is the first time that anyone's experienced this, as far as we can understand. From they it. made she, a big to do. She thinks like when it first happened. She thinks that he's dosed her with some sort of like transdermal thing. But why? Why is it just them that can do it? We're gonna find out. Yeah, that's okay. that's kind of the yeah. whole point. Okay, of... but like other other variants have obviously touched, and that's never happened before. So somehow we assume, they, yeah, they were predisposed to be together. Could they be siblings, yeah. and they don't know it? That I don't could know. be one was he's in foster care. Yeah, he one's in foster care. Are they fucking? That'd be weird. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but if porn has taught us anything, mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love yeah, I, taboos. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. <laughs> He's in the black eyed peas. You guys did not you guys did not completely sell me on this book. Yeah, well I'm not sure I was completely sold on it either. I think the identity issues, the more I kind of fleshed that out in my mm-hmm. mind, it made it more interesting. Yeah, I like the idea of like as much as they say like X Men for like the modern age now, it's not a comic book that really feels like it's been for teenagers in a really fucking long time. And I think it's great for teenagers to have a book like X-Men that's not super convoluted and maybe some of the metaphors and parallels between culture are easier to grasp. And this book is certainly that. That's and a, if you that, don't, that is a really good point. That X-Men yeah. is no longer for teenagers. Yeah. And that like maybe there does need to be a X-Men like book that actually is for teenagers. I could get on that. This is like, like a str- streaming culture and has a lot of young people who are doing young news people things and influencers. It talks yeah. about that. Right. So making it accessible, yeah, I think is a good point. The other thing that I was mentioning in the author's notes that kind of brought me back to really wanting to support this is that the author says that any profits they receive from the monthly sales is going to go to the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's a pretty big statement. Yeah. There's going to be 12 issues of this, I think. So any proceeds is a lot for such a endeavor. That's a, that's a pretty dope flex. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Like, I, I hate 300. I thought, thought it was rubbish. Terry. <laughs> so. Get in this hole. <laughs>
Oh, that's you, my favorite part of that. You guys want to know? Where he, he yells, <laughs> "Get in this hole! Watch your step!" Tonight we dine at Cheddar's. <laughs> I have no idea. If, I mean, that probably wasn't in there, but uh, should have been. 